Hi, thank you for being here today. For the first time in history, enlightenment is available to all of us. I believe so many folks today are ready to experience enlightenment. I also believe that folks would like to experience more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment. If that describes you, well then, welcome to the Kate T. Benson podcast, where I, your host, Kate T. Benson, provide straightforward, actionable information about achieving enlightenment and experiencing more good and less bad along the way. The focus of this podcast in general is helping folks reach enlightenment and experience a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad along the way to enlightenment, which is how I describe self-improvement. So my goal for the first three episodes was to create a super simple set of instructions for experiencing enlightenment and experiencing a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad along the way. And the focus of today's episode is about the ego and our ego-based storyline and how our ego-based storyline is the source of all of our self-doubt and feelings of not being good enough and about how we can start to create space between us and that ego-based storyline so that we can finally get in touch with who we really are and just how much we're really capable of. But first, since the ego is part of our identity, first we'll need a little background on identity, which was the focus of the first episode. So in the first episode, I mentioned that I did my master's at A&M focused on identity and that out of the hundreds of thousands of pages I've read on the nature of identity, the best way I've come up with to summarize it is that your identity is all the answers that you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice in Alice in Wonderland. You remember that? The Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And I suggested that grown-up Alice might say, oh, who are we? Well, we're a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. The takeaway being that all of those things, being a partner, a mother, a researcher, a part-time firefighter, and a stamp collector, they're all a part of Alice's identity. That each one is a part of Alice's sense of self or what it means to Alice to be Alice. I also gave a little background in that first episode on some ways of thinking about identity from psychology and business and spirituality. So from psychology, your identity, according to William James, who was a true founder of psychology, your identity is made up of the I and the me. And a super simple one sentence summary of identity, according to James, is that identity is the collection of stories that we tell ourselves about who we are. And then I talked about Eric Erickson, a more modern founder who thought that identity is the result of a developmental process and that we try on social roles until we find a sense of identity that's perfectly fitted for us. 
And social roles are Alice's list of being a partnered mother, researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. And so a super simple one-sentence summary of identity, according to Erickson, is basically that your identity is all the answers that you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question, who are you? And then I mentioned personal brand which is a way of thinking about identity from outside of psychology and more modern. And I said that personal brand is not so much the roles you fill, like being a researcher or a stamp collector, but the personal style you bring when filling those roles. For instance, perhaps you value being kind. And so being kind is a part of the personal style that you would bring when filling the social role of being a partner or a researcher or a stamp collector. And then in the fourth episode, I introduced some background on the ego, which is another way of thinking about identity. But the way that I'm describing ego, it's more so the descriptions used when folks are talking about ego in the spiritual landscape as opposed to psychology. So where in psychology, if you mention ego, you're generally talking about Freud and the superego and the id and stuff like that. But for our purposes here, when I say the ego, I'm referring to the personal I and our ego-based storyline, which is the story that you tell yourself and others about who you are. Meaning when you say, I am this or I am that, like I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer, that's your ego-based storyline. And the ego is the part of you that comes up with that story. And so that is a little summary of the background of ways to think about identity from psychology and business and spirituality and a little bit about the ego. And that's all the background that we need for today on identity. But to talk about moving beyond our ego-based storyline, we'll also need a little background on reframing identity. And that was the focus of the second and the third episodes and specifically how reframing our identity means one thing if our end goal is enlightenment, and it means something else if our end goal is experiencing more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment. If you're curious about reaching enlightenment, definitely check out that third episode. But today we're going to talk more about the second episode, which was focused on reframing our identity to experience more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment. Okay, so reframing our identity to experience more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment. In a nutshell, it just means changing our answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. So the Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And we've imagined that grown-up Alice answers, describing themselves in terms of a bunch of social roles. So I'm a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. So on the surface, reframing Alice's identity would simply mean changing one or more of the answers that Alice gave to the Cheshire Cat. So in the second episode, I gave an example where maybe Alice decides that Alice doesn't want to be a firefighter anymore. Or maybe Alice decides that Alice wants to fight a different kind of fire than the ones that Alice has been fighting. Alice has been fighting city fires, and now Alice wants to fight forest fires. And if that's the case, then Alice has to do the work of figuring out how to fight forest fires. And Alice has to do this work because 
Alice knows in the end that forest fires are the ones that Alice really wants to fight. If we press Alice about why they haven't tried to fight forest fires before, they might say that a lot of people want to fight those kinds of fires and that it's really competitive. And that deep down, they've been a little afraid that maybe they're not good enough. So on the surface, reframing identity is about changing the answers that Alice gave to the Cheshire Cat's question. But underneath, it's about doing the outer and inner work that Alice needs to do. And the outer work is straightforward stuff, like figuring out how to do a job transfer. But the inner work is about Alice knowing that they're good enough to be able to fight those fires. So this is really important. I want to be clear that I'm not saying that Alice has more work to do in order to be good enough. What I'm saying is that Alice has work to do in order to reframe their identity in terms of their thinking about themselves. Specifically, the reframe that needs to occur is a shift from a place where Alice is filled with self-doubt to one where Alice's center is an absolute assuredness that they're good enough. So where does the idea come from that we're not good enough? Well, it actually comes from the ego and from our ego-based storyline. So at the outset, I mentioned that the ego-based storyline is that personal story that you tell yourself and others about who you are, like I'm a doctor or we're a lawyer, as well as what you're thinking or how y'all are feeling, like we're tired or sad. And that's all true. But those answers, we're a lawyer and we're tired, they are only a basic outline. And the rest of your ego-based storyline, it mostly comes from what you hear all the time, meaning the incessant monologue in your head. And that monologue sounds something like, I'm better than so-and-so and smarter than he is and not as good as they are. And I'm not as good as I should be. She's right, he's wrong, and so on. And the reason for this monologue is that the ego is basically using echolocation, like a whale does, to know where it is in the water. So in echolocation, a whale bounces sound waves off nearby objects to know where it is in the water. And that's exactly how our ego maintains its sense of itself. It's bouncing comparative statements off everyone around it all the time. Pretty much every moment of every day. It just narrates what it sees, bouncing these comparative statements off everything and everyone. And you hear all of that as an internal monologue pretty much every moment of every day. What this all means is that the ego only knows itself by comparing itself to others. And so your ego-based storyline, the monologue, it's pretty much a story of comparisons. Even when it looks like it's not, like when we feel mm, jealous. But underneath feeling jealous, the reason why we feel jealous is the fear that we're not good enough or as good as someone else someone we perceive as a potential competitor. 
which means that jealousy is fundamentally just a comparison. So ultimately, the ego only sees itself in comparisons, and it only knows how to fight to protect its sense of itself, its story. And that's how it operates within us, meaning that it makes us see everyone else in terms of competition. And so we turn against others, like with jealousy. But here's the thing. The ego also makes us turn against ourselves. It makes us see ourselves in terms of competition. And self-improvement becomes a breeze when you are no longer fighting against yourself. It's like finally being on the same team with yourself. But the only way to get there is first by creating space between you and your ego. All right, let me back up and summarize a little bit. So when I say the ego, I'm referring to the personal I and our ego-based storyline, which is the story that you tell yourself and others about who you are. Meaning when you say, I am this or I am that, like I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer, that's your ego-based storyline. And the ego is the part of you that comes up with that story. And while the headline of our ego-based storyline reads something like, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, the monologue that we hear all the time is the ego using echolocation, comparing you to everyone and everything around you all day long. And the ego does that in order to build the rest of your story about who you are and how you feel and whether you're good enough. And you hear the ego's echolocation as a constant monologue of comparisons. She's better than me. I'm not as good as he is. I'm too good for them. And so on. And this ego-based storyline of comparisons, it's how we get our sense of who we are. And for the most part, it is who we think we are. And ultimately, the ego only sees itself in comparisons. And it only knows how to fight to protect its sense of itself, its story. And that's how it operates within us, meaning that it makes us see everyone else in terms of competition. And so we turn against others, like with jealousy. And the ego also makes us see ourselves that way meaning that it makes us see ourselves in terms of competition and it turns us against ourselves. And this is where the idea comes from, that we're not good enough. The ego is the origin of that feeling. That feeling that you're not good enough, that's a part of your ego-based consciousness. Basically, when you have an ego, you feel like you're not good enough. And so the way to stop fighting yourself and get on the same team as you is by creating space between you and your ego or between you and your ego-based storyline. And self-improvement becomes a breeze when you are no longer fighting against yourself. So how do we do that? How do we create space from our ego and our ego-based storyline? Well, so there's this thing that happens when we're like Alice working on changing our answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. Because our ego-based identity is the story we tell ourselves about who we are, 
Like when Alice says, I'm a partnered mother, researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. But then Alice says that they wanted to fight a different kind of fire, which is essentially changing their answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. So it's when we start changing answers that we start to have this realization. And that is that we're changing our ego-based storyline, but that who we are fundamentally is staying the same. So there's this aha moment. And that aha is, I keep changing my answers to the Cheshire Cat's question, and I don't change. Aha, I'm different, but I'm not a different person. Fundamentally, who I am remains the same. Now, my sense of who I am might be a little augmented, a little shinier, a little more forest fire than city fire, but Alice's sense of who Alice is fundamentally, it's the same. And so we can use that aha to start to create some space between us and our ego-based storyline. I actually created a program called Experiencing Enlightenment. It's a series of guided exercises that walk folks through this process of creating space between you and your ego. The exercises are about exploring different answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. And it was designed to take folks all the way to enlightenment. But it makes creating space between you and your ego a breeze. Increasing space between you and your ego is basically unavoidable from doing these exercises. And they're really simple. So if you're interested, check it out. There's a link below. So to summarize a little bit, the heart of today's show, super simple one sentence summary, is that the ego and our ego-based storyline is the reason that we feel like we're not good enough. And that when you get space from your ego, feeling like you're good enough and self-improvement, they become a breeze. And to recap, starting from the outset, since the ego is part of our identity, first today I gave some background on identity and some background on reframing identity, which is what we need for creating space between us and our ego-based storyline. So background on identity, I mentioned that I did my master's at AM, focus on identity, and that out of the hundreds of thousands of pages I've read on the nature of identity, the best way I've come up with to summarize it is that your identity is all the answers that you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice in Alice in Wonderland, where the Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And I suggested that grown-up Alice might say, oh, who are we? Well, or a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. The takeaway being that all of those things, being a partner, a mother, a researcher, a part-time firefighter, and a stamp collector, are all a part of Alice's identity. That each one is a part of Alice's sense of self, or what it means to Alice to be Alice. I also gave a little background in the first episode on some ways of thinking about identity from psychology, business, and spirituality. So from psychology, your identity, according to William James, a true founder of psychology, identity is made up of the I and the me. And a super simple one-sentence summary of identity, according to James, is that identity is the collection of stories that we tell ourselves about who we are. 
And then I talked about Eric Erickson, a more modern founder who thought that identity is the result of a developmental process and that we try on social roles until we find a sense of identity that's perfectly fitted for us. And social roles are Alice's list of being a partnered mother, researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. Each one of those is a social role. And so a super simple one sentence summary of identity according to Erickson is basically that your identity is all the answers you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question, who are you? And then I mentioned personal brand which is a way of thinking about identity from outside of psychology and more modern. And I said that personal brand is not so much the social roles you fill, like being a researcher or a stamp collector, but the personal style you bring when filling those roles. For instance, perhaps you value being kind. And so being kind is a part of the personal style that you would bring when filling the role of being a partner or a researcher or a stamp collector. And then I mentioned the ego. And at the outset, I mentioned that the ego or our ego-based storyline is the personal story that we tell ourselves and others about who we are. Like I'm a doctor or we're a lawyer or what you're thinking or how y'all are feeling, like we're tired or sad. And that's all true, but that is only the basic outline. And the rest of your ego-based storyline mostly comes from what you hear all the time, meaning the incessant monologue in your head. It sounds something like, I'm better than so-and-so, I'm smarter than he is, I'm not as good as they are, I'm not as good as I should be, she's right, he's wrong, and so on. And the reason for this monologue, you see, is that the ego is basically using echolocation like a whale. So in echolocation, a whale bounces sound waves off nearby objects to know where it is in the water. And that's what the ego is doing, except instead of sound waves, it's just comparing itself to everyone and everything around it. And that's exactly how our ego maintains its sense of itself. Pretty much every moment of every day. It just narrates that echolocation out loud, which you hear as an internal monologue pretty much every moment of every day. And so that's a little summary of the background on ways uh, that I described today about how to think about identity from psychology and business and spirituality, and a little bit about the ego. And that was all the background that we needed for today on identity. And to talk about generating space from the ego, we also needed a little bit about a little bit of background about reframing identity. So reframing our identity, super simple one sentence summary. It just meant changing our answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. So the Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And we imagined that grown up Alice answers, describing themselves in terms of a bunch of social roles. I'm a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. So on the surface, reframing identity is about changing the answers that Alice gave to the Cheshire Cat's question. And then underneath, it's about doing the outer and inner work that Alice needs to do. And Alice said that they knew they wanted to fight a different type of fire. So the outer work is straightforward stuff like figuring out how to do a job transfer. 
But the inner work is about Alice knowing that they're good enough to be able to fight the types of fires that Alice really wants to fight. And then I talked about how that inner work turns out to be a little more complicated because of our ego and how the ego only sees itself in comparisons, meaning that it only knows how to be better than or worse than and how to fight to protect its sense of itself because that's how it teaches us to operate in the world. And that's also how it teaches us to operate within ourselves, which means that it makes us turn against ourselves. So as a result, we always see ourselves in these self-comparison contrasts. I should be this, I should be that, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done that. And so the upshot is that when we're orienting from our ego and our ego-based storyline, knowing that we're good enough isn't possible. And so then I talked about how we can begin to create space between us and our ego. So our ego-based identity is our ego-based storyline, the story we tell ourselves about who we are. Like when Alice says, I'm a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. And I said, there's this thing that happens when we're like Alice working on changing our answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. So Alice has just said, I'm a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. But then Alice says that they want to fight a different kind of fire, which is essentially changing their answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. So it's when we start changing our answers that we start to have this realization that we're changing our ego-based storyline, which is our identity, but that who we are fundamentally is staying the same. So when we keep changing answers to the Cheshire Cat's question, there's this aha moment of, we keep changing our answers, but we don't change. Aha, I'm a different person, but I'm not a different person. I'm different, but I'm not a different person. Fundamentally, who I am remains the same. Now, my sense of who I am might be a little different, a little shinier or a little more forest fire than city fire, but Alice's sense of who Alice is fundamentally, it's the same. And then I shared that I actually created a program called Experiencing Enlightenment. And it's a series of guided exercises that walk folks through this process of creating space between you and your ego. And the exercises are about exploring different answers to the Cheshire Cat's question. It was designed to take folks all the way to enlightenment but it makes creating space between you and your ego a breeze. Increasing space between you and your ego is basically unavoidable from doing these exercises. And they're really simple. I think it's priced at only $17. So if you're interested, check it out. There's a link below. And that was what we talked about today. Thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're curious, you can learn more about me and sign up for my newsletter at kate-t-benson.com. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kate T. Benson and subscribe on YouTube. There is also a developing Kate T. Benson community on Facebook. Also, I accept and am so very grateful for my listeners' support. If you're able, you can support the show. There are links on my website in the product pages. Thank you so much for your time. I see you. I appreciate you. Until next time.
Namaste.